Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, January 27th. I am Liz Dolan here in Santa Monica, California, joined on the line by my sister, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. Julie, how is everything down there? Hi, Liz. It's good. I'm, I'm getting over a cold, and I'm going to be telling you about that. Um, it had some consequences, but I'm happy, to be, I'm happy to be with you, Liz. This is kind of fun, just two sisters on the line with things to talk about. Yeah, you know, the way this works inside the sisterhood is like whoever is available is in. And, but if you're not available, that's okay. So today, as people know, Leon is finishing her novel. Last week, she reported on the fact that she had actually finished the first draft, but she's immediately in rewrite because she has to be finished, 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 like in another two weeks with all of the changes, everything, uh, every last uh, sentence uh, in the novel. So she is doing that. Sheila had her hands full, and Monica got called in to work today. As many of you know, Monica is in the medical field, and she does research studies on stroke victims. So some weekends she's on call because they get someone who has a stroke that fits the profile for what she's researching, and she has to be in the hospital for whatever the intervention is. So everybody's off doing something really interesting, except for Julie and I. That's why we're available, right? <laughs> That's about it, Liz. <laughs> And remember, during the week, if you want to keep up with us or listen to old shows, you know, at, we have a Facebook group, the Satellite Sisters group on Facebook. Of course, all of our shows are always posted at SatelliteSisters.com. We have hundreds of shows on iTunes and also at some of the other tools you can use to listen, like Stitcher Radio, which is an iPhone app. So, like... We're your sisters. We're always there for you. So, okay, here I am. It's Sunday morning in Santa Monica. And, Julie, this weekend I have been running what my friends called a halfway house for SAG Award attendees. Well, well, what exactly does that mean, Liz? (laughs) Do you have um, Hollywood celebrities uh, stopping by um, your place? Or are are they bonking in? I've stayed in your place. It's very nice. I can see why celebrities would want to come there. Yes. Well, this is not quite in the celebrity category. But, but friends who are related to people who are getting awards tonight. So the deal is this. I mean, you know, like some of my closest friends in the world, uh, they live in Oregon. Um, their names are Chris Shahada and Chris Van Dyke. Now, their husband and wife, both named Chris. Chris Shahada was my running partner for a million years, and we ran the New York City Marathon together with, uh, with three other friends. And her husband, Chris Van Dyke, uh, they were both colleagues of mine at Nike, and so we've known each other for a really long time time. Well, Chris Van Dyke's dad, by sheer happenstance, is Dick Van Dyke. Well, wait a minute. Dick Van Dyke? Chris Van Dyke? How? That's amazing. Yes, it is amazing. So, but in case you haven't seen the promos yet for today's Screen Actors Guild Awards on TBS and TNT, the Lifetime Achievement Award is going to Dick Van Dyke. I think that's very appropriate. mm -hmm. Didn't you always love the Dick Van Dyke show? Oh, my God. And so many other things. How about Mary Poppins? You know, come on, on, man. Hello, Fred. (laughs) 
ritualistic expialidocious, Liz. That's all I can say. So they usually live their life in Oregon and do not intersect um, Chris's dad's life here in Hollywood very often. But but Dick really wanted all of the kids to be there tonight. So Chris and Chris are here. They are staying in my guest room, where you have stayed many times. And today we are now in the lead up, the beauty process leading up to the awards that you know. I feel like I'm channeling a little bit of Sheila all weekend because Chris, the girl, as we call her, Chris, the girl, was like a little bit alarmed about like, really, the Screen Actors Guild Awards? This is just not her normal kind of social event. I'm like... Don't worry, we've done this. I mean, we've done the Gracies, the Emmys. Leon and I went to the Oscars one year. And I said, the one thing I've learned when you are like the hangers-on at these events, you just have to remind yourself, really take the pressure off by knowing that no one is looking at you. I just kept saying, hey, Liz, you are so, that is so true. Just say it again. <laughs> yeah. No one is looking at you, Christine. Don't worry about it. I know you want to look good and you want to feel comfortable in your clothes and your shoes and your makeup and whatever, but don't worry that, like, I guess if you stand too close to Dick, you might end up in a picture in the newspaper or, you know, God forbid TMC, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't really sweat that. So yesterday there was some spray on tanning that happened for her, which That's was- kind of if, like, you can't come into the state of California anymore without, like, getting one of those tans. Is that is that true, Liz? That's what I've heard. I'm surprised they don't do it at the border, Julie. You okay. know, why don't they just do that at the border crossing from Oregon into California? Because you should. But Because she, she had never done this before. She was really sweating the exfoliation part of it. Because you know how key that is. If you have any kind of calluses on your body, it ends up getting tanner than the other section. <laughs> So there was... And it looks really bad. It it looks super bad. So there was a lot of exfoliation happening on Friday for the tanning that happened yesterday. And then later today, as soon as I'm done here, I will be taking her to the makeup place called Makeup and Go, which is right in Brentwood, where she's getting like decent makeup, but they're not too much. You know, she's sort of in the, just a light covering, just so I don't look like I have nothing on. But last night's lengthy discussion was how much of a commitment she should make to false eyelashes. Now, oh, yes. Have you, no, ever, again, have you ever done I think the falsies? They issue those at the border, from <laughs> what I can see in California. Well, my recommendation to her was do not go for the full strip because then you just, that's like behaving as someone you're not. But I have had success in the past, and I've seen this on Leon and on Sheila as well, when they just put in like a few at the end, and they're just a little bit longer than your normal lashes, and it's sort of like a little, it's just a little dramatic flourish on your eyes. So it does, it's not the full-on, like, twiggy 60s strip, and it's also not the, like, big, full mink eyelashes that, like, Oprah wears. You know, when you look at Oprah's eyelashes, those are made of mink. And so I said, Christine, don't do that. I think I'll be with you, and four or five little lashes on either side ought to do it. So that's what's going to happen right after this. And then the the limo with the dad and everyone is going to come here to my house and pick them up here before they go to the Shrine Auditorium. And so Dick Van Dyke is coming to your house? Well, he, just, said, yeah, he will be in the limo that uh, is, is arriving at your house? Just as a drive-by, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, well, Liz, you got to be out on the curb to help your friend Chris and well, to you know. say congratulations to um, Dick, don't you think? Well, we actually had drinks together last night, Julie. So, oh, you know, oh, excuse me. After, okay. All right. Which well, I wasn't, good. I wasn't even going to mention that. Personal but we, relationship with Dick Van Dyke. We were, oh, that makes me feel like a sort of a <laughs> half-life uh, of a, a celebrity right there. Anyway, so it'll be really fun. So the fun part for me is to ship them off in the limo and then get to watch them, like watch for them on TV, both walking in on the red carpet. Again, I told Chris and Chris, don't worry, nobody's looking at you. They try to put you in a different lane from the actual celebrities. You know, you've seen that, Julie. There are like, there's the real people lane, and then there's the people that have to stop at all of the press stations. So, you know, I think Dick's going to end up in that in the good lane, and they're going to try to push Chris and Chris into the keep it moving lane. It's like, don't keep it moving. It's actually fun to just stand on the red carpet, hold your position for a while, and just watch all the actual cool people come by. And you would think, because he kind of grew up in this environment, but that was like in the 60s, where celebrity culture was so different. Now, they were. I got to actually look at the seating arrangement. Like, So they're right next to the Les Miserables table, and they're right next to the Breaking Bad table. So they're super psyched to just, because they're sitting in the center of the action, you know, with his dad, that I guess the protocol is that everyone during the commercial breaks comes over to chit-chat the Lifetime Achievement Award winner. So they're like, we don't even have to go anywhere. We're just going to sit there at our table in the middle of the room, and everyone is going to come to us. Well, that, it should be a very exciting <laughs> night. And, Liz, you are a pro. I think I, as you're talking about this, I see a whole new a, a career for you <laughs> that you can just be a red carpet coach. Don't you see this? <laughs> yes. you, have, you have developed a specific expertise, and it starts with what? Well, to wear the hair and makeup, the yeah. tan, the dress, you know, the strategy for the red carpet, that you're, you know, the fact that you've, they've already scoped out the seating arrangement. Mm-hmm. Liz, this could be big for you. Yeah, and I think the key, my expertise, all of the actual celebrities, they get a lot of advice from their publicists on how to do that. My expertise is for the non-famous, for the hangers-on, for the other members of the entourage, how to get the most out of this experience if you are not the least bit famous yourself. I think between Sheila, well, all of us, but particularly Sheila, Monica, Leon, like the the SAG Awards. We Sheila and I actually covered the SAG Awards once for Satellite Sisters. And, of course, Sheila famously, I think that's when she was yelling to Joaquin that she had snacks. So, we Yes, that was, uh, that was her big moment, uh, her Joaquin moment. Yeah. So did you advise them to bring a cam- uh, their cell phones yes. to take pictures and stuff? Or I did. What, what's I, I, your advice there? Here was my exact advice, Julie. I said, do not be too proud to take pictures, right? You will not come this way again, likely. <laughs> And I said, particularly if everyone's going to be coming over to your dad to, like, chit-chat, like, those people will want those moments, pictures taken of those moments. So just pretend to be helpful in taking pictures of all the famous people with your dad. And then you can cut your dad out, and we will have a whole collection of the people that you met. Do not be too famous. Do too proud to do that. And uh, so I'm hoping that they will have the confidence to uh, just use the iPhone um, for all of that. We'll probably get to see the get glimpses of them on TV. Dick said when we saw him last night, he had just come from rehearsal. He only gets to talk for a minute. But he said, if I go for longer than a minute, what are they actually going to do to me? I'm like, 
Of course. <laughs> I, 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 I think that was exactly Jodie Foster's uh, <laughs> rationale, Liz, with her acceptance of sp- speech for a lifetime award. Uh, yeah, so uh, he, he would not divulge to his children last night what, they, uh, what he really had in mind for his minute, but we do know that it's Alec Baldwin introducing him. Oh, so, how great. Mm-hmm. How perfect, too. Because uh, he is really like, the next generation right. of comedian, yep. actors like Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. So, Liz, are you going to have time to um, debrief with Chris and Chris about their SAG Awards experience? Because <laughs> it is on Sunday, and I don't know when when are they leaving. Will you yeah. have time to go They're, through things blow by blow? It, it, we're going to have to squeeze that. Here's the, 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 the fly in the ointment there, Julie, is that, I mean, the awards start at 5 o'clock Pacific time, so that's good. So they'll be over by 8. But then there's some kind of people magazine after party they're supposed of course, to go to of course and they wanted to bow out of that because really i cannot stress enough how much they hate stuff like this and i'm like are you kidding you had better go to that party and again do not be too proud to take pictures and i will wait up for you please if, if you don't go to that after party i'm going to be really mad so we'll see well we just don't know what that what the night will hold but maybe on next week's show i'll have further insight so are they going to be tweeting during the <laughs> award ceremony or, or not so much? I don't think that's going to be happening. No, okay. Okay. All right. You know, they want so. to be discreet about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a very exciting day that you've got lined up there, Liz. My yeah. goodness. Yeah, sitting at home watching, watching TV. Yeah, that's pretty much what the day. Once we go through the makeup and the, yeah, getting, getting them off in the limo. After that, it's, uh, I'll just be like watching every single, single second of the coverage and recording it so that when they come back, I can tell them, I can show them on the recording any moments that they might have been briefly glimpsed on TV. Because isn't that what they would want to see? That's what I think my real job is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They, don't, they don't really care about those other stars, it seems like. No. But they would be, I'm sure they, uh, Chris, the girl, would be interested to see what her tan looked like on TV. <laughs> I think you're right. I think so. I have committed for full coverage of them, such as it is. Anyway, so that's my weekend. How was your week? You really had your hands full this week. We were talking about this last Sunday. I know that besides your full-time coverage of our dad, you were responsible for your two grandchildren this week as well, right? And this was this was my big week, uh, Liz. Absolutely, yes. With Dad this week, just to report because so many people wrote so many thoughtful notes to us at um, you know our Facebook page and at Satellite Sisters. You know, we we had a very calm week with that. So um, the roller coaster report is you know our strategy uh, with Dad was to you know lie low that we just we weren't we weren't out and about. We just you know kept Dad calm kept him out of trouble and we've we've had a good week that way. So, but I had a lot of responsibilities over there at the nursing home to make sure that he was okay. But in the meantime, my son and daughter-in-law were both on international business trips in separate countries, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that so we had full responsibility for Allison Benjamin, our soon to be 6-year-old granddaughter and our 3-year-old grandson. And um as well, my international business husband, he had he left town. So that was I was there with the kids, with dad. So it was a huge week, Liz. And and I remember mom, who used to take care of my sons, Nick and Will, you know, from time to time when, I, you know, when they were little, would always say that she wanted to just return the children in the same condition that she got. <laughs> That's your one job. 
as a grandmother, caregiver, you know, when you're, when you have some kind of weekend or week long assignment as I did, it's just, you want to make sure that they they have no other like injuries, just that they go back home the same way they came. And I think I achieved a sort of a 99%, 99.9% rating. Mm -hmm. There was some small minor incident, Liz. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. They were taking a bath in with their, you know, with Mr. Bubble, which was their their mother. My daughter-in-law had left that for me, for me. They like to take baths in Mr. Bubble. It was all going well. They were taking a bath in my bathroom in my my big bathtub, and I had some bath crystals on on the side of the bathtub. And mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I don't have no idea how old they were, but they were. They would, it was the end of a bottle of bath crystals. And Alice asked if she could have some bath crystals in the bath along with the Mr. Bubble. And being the nice Nana that I am, I said, sure. So she put her hand into this jar of bath crystals and was just going to sprinkle a couple of bath crystals into the bath water. Well, somehow... Like the bath crystals, like went bad. Is I don't I don't know. They have de- they de- had decomposed. So instead of providing a lavender scent and soothing, soothing you know uh, treatment for their bath, it was actually stinging and burning their hands and they believe their bodies as well. So there was, so okay, but there there really weren't any marks associated <laughs> on their lovely little bodies. But don't you know? The first thing, the very first thing, after eight days, that when uh, when I returned the children to first uh, to my son Nick, because uh, Nick got home first, that was the first thing out of their mo- mouths was Nana has stinging bath crystals. <laughs> like our brother. Oh uh, yeah, Nana put us in a bathtub full of stuff that burned our skin, Dad. With acid, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I assume those have been tossed out forever, the uh, the rancid bath crystals. But there will be no end to this. I mean, this created in their minds a very memorable event at their grandmother's house. And, I, you know, that's really what I had tried so hard all week to do is to create some what I call sort of grandmotherly signature moves, you know. <laughs> Signature experiences so that when they're grown up and they think back about their beloved Nana, that they would remember not the bath crystals, but some of the other things, the nice things that Nana did. Like what? Like does this include, it's like baking chocolate chip cookies kind of moments? That's what I'm thinking. So, so I don't know if you remember our grandmother Dolan, but for me, the signature memory I have of going to her house is that she used to let us drink Coca-Cola out of these little Coca-Cola bottles. And, and it was just so, such a treat because we never got Coca-Cola, you know, at home. And it just, you know, it was really something special. It was a signature move. So I was trying to create some of those. So one, here's my, here was my first signature move, Liz. I served breakfast for dinner. We had pancakes. We had pancakes and bacon for dinner. I called it. We were. Ha- I said we were having an upside down day, and I just thought that the kids would enjoy eating pancakes and bacon for dinner. Um, yeah, rather than nice. Any- that is a nice signature move. Okay, I thought that was good. Mom used to do that sometimes. I don't know if you remember that, but I always liked it when we had breakfast for dinner. Okay, yeah. and and the kids seem to enjoy that. 
They did. They did enjoy that. I was tempted to follow it up the next day and serve pizza for breakfast, but I pulled back on that list. I pulled back because <laughs> that, that, again, there might be talk that Nana was serving pizza for breakfast. But um, my second signature move is um, a little bit of ginger ale. I think, you know, I, again, it's not something that they drink at their house. They don't drink a lot of soda. I don't promote drinking a lot of soda. But I think occasionally a little cup of ginger ale is just is good for you. And Alice said one night that she had a little stomach ache. And so, again, I believe that ginger ale has medicinal purposes. Mm-hmm. And, and that I felt like that was my first thing to do, that perhaps a little ginger ale would soothe her stomach. And uh, I don't know if it did, but they seemed to enjoy it, Liz. <laughs> okay, nice, nice. And final signature move, Liz, is that I let him watch SpongeBob SquarePants in my bed, like in the morning, come down, uh, you know, because of course they woke up early, come down, get in bed with me, and all three of us, plus the dog, watch SpongeBob SquarePants. So that's <laughs> signature move, Liz. I would enjoy that. That sounds fun. <laughs> well, again, these are, I, this probably strikes terror in your heart as a TV executive. But my son and daughter-in-law are part of that new generation that really don't get cable TV, mm-hmm. that they do have video um, entertainment, but they just download everything um, from from the Internet for their kids. So, Or they watch, you know, uh, DVDs. So they don't actually ever, the kids, Alice and Benjamin, never watch um, like commercial TV. So they were fascinated with some of those commercials that are on during the <laughs> square dance breaks like uh they just they really had no idea what that was all about so i see that as kind of a signature move liz to let my grandchildren watch cable tv with commercials oh, that sounds good i can remember being at your your son and daughter-in-law's home last year with alice and watching her download illegally copied Disney cartoons in Russian from the internet. And because your grandchildren both speak Russian because your daughter-in-law speaks Russian and watching Alice illegally download, illegally pirated, illegally dubbed Disney content from the internet. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that people in the entertainment business are a little worried about. (laughs) Well, there's, uh, I think there are quite a few little people out there doing that, Liz. Uh, So it's just, uh, just a word to the wise, uh, you know, but anyway, but we really had a great, week and uh it was so much fun for me to be with them and to try you know to just you know grandchildren are precious and to be able to have them all to myself I loved it I actually well I know when I called you I called you Friday morning when I was on my way to work so it was about 8 30 my time which would have meant it was 10 30 in Dallas and you picked up in your car and uh, and you said, oh, uh, I have, you know, Benjamin's in the back seat. We're just coming from the toy store. And I thought, whoa, it's been a long week when Nana decides that, like, at 10 o'clock in the morning, we got to go. We got to go to the toy store. Yeah, and then, we were actually uh, picking up a birthday present for uh, for the first Saturday birthday, Liz. But but yes, indeed, of course, because I'm Nana, Liz. It's part of my signature moves. Yeah, I, 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 I could tell Ben was enjoying it because from the back seat, as you recall, he yelled to me over the over the Bluetooth speakerphone in the car, like, "I got a new fire truck." I'm like, "Okay, Nana, signature move, new fire truck. Always a crowd pleaser." 
Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Yeah, you, as a grandparent, you get to delight. You don't really have to parent, okay? Um, and uh, and you know, so we we just we all three of us had a great week together, nice. the exception of the bastard, okay? <laughs> Which will again, unfortunately, I'll be branded with for life. But uh, but the children were returned in good shape. But somehow during the week, Liz, I also managed to you know, if you hang around with a lot of three-year-olds. And I spent time with Benjamin and his friends and, you know, soccer practice, and we went to various places together. Somehow I picked up a cold, okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, by Friday I was pretty sick, Uh, so sick that I was actually, I spent some time in bed. Um, I spent some time in bed yesterday just resting, trying to recover. And I have to tell you, I'm here to say, Liz, as part of my New Year's resolution is that I am officially breaking up with Andy Cohen. Really? Andy Cohen of Bravo? That Andy Cohen? Yes. No, the really nice, charming, funny, polite Bravo TV executive who has his own show called yeah, you're cutting um, it. You're cutting like, it in and out a little bit, Julie. So, yeah, Andy Cohen's show is Watch What Happens Live. I couldn't hear you, but I know you were saying that. So, go ahead. I, and he was. He is also the executive producer for the Real Housewives series. So, the Real Housewives of Orange County, of Atlanta, of New York, you name it. He's been the executive producer on that. Because here's the thing, Liz. While I was lying in bed. I, I was. I didn't want to watch any more SpongeBob SquarePants, and I really didn't want to watch the news or anything else. So I landed on a series of the Real Housewives shows, as well as Andy Cohen's Watch What Happens Live. And you know what I realized? is these shows really make me sad and depressed. I used to kind of watch them because it was sort of a guilty pleasure, you know, that this is, you know, I just, everything on the shows was so outrageous, and I love to talk to Sheila about what, you know, what I saw on the shows. But now I realize that they're really, they're just awful, you know? And they're just, it's so, there are, we do not know women. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. Really behave like this, and for as sweet and as charming and as as nice as Andy Cohen is or appears to be, the fact that he like creates all these shows that he sort of um, shows some kind of respect for this for these women and this behavior. I don't think Andy Cohen really likes women deep down. This is my maybe I'm being I'm channeling Sheila here. <laughs> really, I just have come to think that. This is, you know, it's really not good for women to watch these shows. It do, they do make you sad and respect, and there's all they do is fight. They're, you know, they they're not supportive. They're not funny. They're not fun to be with. Uh-huh. Really do much, you know. I mean, I I know it's a reality show. They don't seem to help each other or anyone else. Uh, and and to somehow showcase all of this or to make this your life's work, I've just decided that have to break up with Andy for the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's it you're done with the entire franchise you're done with Andy and yep. you're done with the entire Real Housewives franchise yes, yes that's it Liz mm-hmm. it's over yep I'm See, never again I mean I'm just gonna have to watch my Downton Abbey reruns when I get sick again I only watch the show when I'm sick or I'm lying around you know which is which is not too often but now I've decided I just can't even do it. I know you've never been tempted, Liz. You're, this is, you have not been lured in by these kind of shows. Well, it's, my thing has always been that it brings out 
the worst possible behavior in the people that are on the show. And now, obviously, they purposely pick people who are willing to behave badly on television. And some people just want so badly to be on TV that they will do that. But even more than that, it sort of perpetuates this myth that that relationships between women are never positive and they're all about catfights. And so you're right. I don't really enjoy watching it. However, the people I know, women I know who do enjoy it, it's not because they think they're really like that or that their friends are really like that. It's because they know, I think women watch those shows and think, well, thank goodness, I'm not like that and my relationship with my female friends is not like that. It's almost like, you know, thank goodness that is not me. And I know that my life is is better and different than that. But I don't know. It's just, it's too much of a reward for the yelling and screaming and, and bitchiness. So you're right. I have never been particularly drawn to those kinds of shows, though I do not judge the people who are because, you know, if that's what it takes to get your mind off your troubles, then <laughs> go for it, you know? Well, I, I, you know, it's, it's a personal protest of one, but that, that's what I, that's what I have begun, um, as of today, Liz. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, I, you know, they're off my list now. Can that's, I, well, as, as long as we're, as long as we're on this subject and you mentioned Downton Abbey, how are you feeling about this season of Downton Abbey? Well, I, I love it, Liz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's living up to its expectations. How about yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I have mixed feelings about a few things. I mean, I think I've been very outspoken that I'm hoping that they'll just kill off Mr. Bates because that whole storyline, I find that incredibly boring. I don't know about anyone else, but I'm having trouble caring about Bates. How about you? Well, I thought, I thought this past week when, when they found all the lost letters and that somehow they were, you know, that maybe they might be reunited. I think there's going to be a prison break, Liz. So I think I'd say hang in there. I, that's what I'd say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I also, what was, what was interesting about season one is that you had the clear differentiation between the classes, right? And then, and that was sort of fascinating. And then in season two, that started to break down because of the war. And that's what made that interesting. And now we're, season three, we're in like full breakdown of the whole thing. And maybe there's just too much of the breakdown. I actually enjoyed the more studied pace of, of season one. But people I know who have already seen all of season three are very confident that I will be satisfied by the rest of what happens in the season. So, so you think at some point uh, the help is going to re- go back downstairs, get out of the drawing room, and uh, though you know, there will be a reestablishment of the classes. Or oh, yeah, I'm not even for that necessarily. As we know historically, that is not what happened. So, and um, I think where, where they're pushing Lady Edith is a very promising storyline. Don't you think she's going to be off leading the suffragette movement any day now? That, yes. could, that could be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. So I'm, you know, I, I, I'm ready for them to um, to make me happy later in the season. We've had some building blocks in the early part of the season. And one last thing, just my prediction for Matthew Crawley. You know, he's not an interesting person. He I, is a total, I, like, wimp. Yeah, right? I think Lady Mary, like, could have done way better than Matthew Crawley. And I have the feeling that sooner or later, Lady Mary's going to figure that out too. Don't you? I, I do. I think she's going to. He, he's his weakness is going to betray him, and uh, and she's she just won't be able to stand for it because she's so strong. Yeah, so yeah. yes, I think he's uh, 
He's a wimp. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because I know his contract didn't get picked up for season four. But I have a feeling some, <laughs> something. Oh, oh, I didn't know that, Liz. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I think I had read that somewhere. It's not like some inside knowledge. I think that was made public. But whatever. Okay. So th- so you're breaking up with Andy Cohen. You're just going to live in Downton Abbey for the rest of this year. That That is all good. What else What else is on your uh, list? Well, well, that's it, Liz. So, And then, of course, next week, big week, Super Bowl. Okay, and um, I got on. Um, I have just jumped on the Ravens bandwagon because neither of the neither the Forty ers nor the Raven uh, Ravens are my my team so that I root for in the NFL. But our cousin Martha Morningstar is the is the most enthusiastic Ravens fan. Maybe she's not, but she's doing a bang up job because it seems like. Every 15 minutes on her Facebook page, she is posting something, something positive about the Ravens. She's just, I've just decided because she feels so strongly about this team. She lives in Baltimore and she, you know, she has been rooting for this team. Um, that uh, I'm going with the Ravens, Liz. That's my pick. You know, that is so funny, Julie. I would not be the least bit interested in the Ravens except for exactly what you just put your finger on martha morningstar's facebook posts and you know she she just seems to really love her team like that you know that uses facebook a lot and you know what we're talking about and and our our dear wonderful cousin martha is one of these people that's very enthusiastic about facebook so you hear from her a lot and she is thinking and cheering about the ravens Quite a bit, wouldn't you say, Liz? Yes, yes. And I would say as a Western American here in California, my natural instinct would have been to root for the 49ers. I've always kind of liked but not loved the 49ers, but certainly liked the Niners. How can you not? There's nothing not to like about the 49ers. Uh, but now Martha has given me this Ravens as underdog thing that I think I, too, am on the Baltimore Ravens bandwagon, Julie. Okay, so I think it's so it should be very interesting and very fun. Of course, it's in New Orleans, uh, my former hometown. So you know it's going to be a great Super Bowl. So the thing that is obviously the big storyline in this Super Bowl is brother versus brother, or as they're calling it, the Harbaugh, the the two Harbaugh brothers. And there is so much speculation in the media about what is this like for them? Two brothers going head-to-head in the Super Bowl. And I've heard people talking about their parents and how their parents raised them. And, like, there was a long story on the radio yesterday about um, research into sibling rivalry, which is something we've discussed plenty of times before on Satellite Sisters, right? Exactly, Liz, yes. Sort of the whole birth order thing is interesting to us. Uh, Siblings that work together is interesting to us. For all of the years we were doing Satellite Sisters six six days a week on the radio, three hours a day, we got two kinds of mail from groups of sisters. We got one whole batch of mail every week from the sisters who said, oh my God, I would love it. Why didn't my sisters and I think of this? We would have so much fun doing that. And then the other big bag of mail every week would be the sisters who said, if my sisters and I ever attempted to do this together, we would kill each other. Right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, but what I, in this research that um, I was listening about on the radio yesterday, the researcher was saying, where... Where sibling relationships work that way, where they work out the rivalries, is where siblings kind of purposely choose 
different lines of work, different ways of expressing themselves. So he said, even if you were all writers, if one of you becomes a poet and one is a novelist and one is a playwright, those tend to be healthier relationships than where everyone is a novelist competing against each other, which I well, thought... That, exactly right, Liz. And we have always said that, that one of the reasons why we, had, uh, we were able to work harmoniously is because we didn't really want each other's lives that right. while we respected our sister, you know, and liked each other, it wasn't like you wanted my life or I wanted your life. Right. right. I mean, that, right. That I can see that because we have all kind of pursued sort of different lifestyles and different interests. Um, it is, you know, I, I think that's part of the chemistry of why it's so much fun to work together. Yes, and even when we were working together, it was, even within the framework of Satellite Sisters when we were a daily, daily show, you did the international news, Sheila did the entertainment report, you know, Leon did the Chaos Chronicles, Monica did music. So even within that, we all picked a specialty. And this guy yesterday was saying that tends to be the source of healthy sibling relationships too, where people just sort of differentiate their specialty specialties from each other, which is why this Harbaugh brothers thing is kind of unique because there are only 32 NFL coaches in the whole world, right? And the fact that they would both end up being NFL coaches is such a long shot. And then both end up in the Super Bowl head to head in exactly the same kind of job is a potential recipe for, oh my God, it doesn't get any harder than this. So, but they seem to be having so much fun with it. Just in the few interviews that I've heard with the both of them, they just seem to be getting a kick out of it. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just wishing the brothers good luck. I almost wish, I know it's not possible for there to be like, a tie in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, you know, I just think they seem to have a really good relationship with each other, which is a very happy thing to watch for me. I'm, it's going to be hard, Liz. I'm just, I'm just projecting. Let's just imagine that I was an NFL coach and I was facing Sheila in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. If I lost to Sheila in the Super Bowl... I'd be really mad. Yeah. Well, that's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. you know she doesn't care at all about football. So <laughs> she actually beat me in football, I would be really upset about that. You know? Would so, you would you feel differently if you lost to Leon, who like cares a lot about football, knows a lot about football, and is super competitive? Would you I, feel I, would you I feel okay she, losing to Leon? Yes, because I would I would believe she is a worthy opponent to face <laughs> in the Super Bowl. <laughs> And this is not a slight on Sheila, but yeah. I do not think that she is a worthy opponent to face in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. How yeah. would you feel if you had to face me in the Super Bowl? List? <laughs> well, uh, I feel like you actually, you've been closer to the NFL over the years because of your love of the New Orleans Saints. It is, the NFL is much more in your heart than it is in, say, mine. So I would, A, feel like you are, were a worthy opponent, and B, if I had to lose to you, I would not mind losing to you. Okay, all right. Uh, well, where... my fault, it might bug me that if I lost to you, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, Liz. <laughs> that, and, and can you put your finger on exactly why? Maybe because I care a little bit more about football than you do, mm-hmm. you know? 
So mm-hmm. that would that would be that would be the main thing. I mean, yeah, I think we can assume ours is a hypothetical situation. I think we can assume in the case of the Harbaugh brothers that they both care quite a bit about football. <laughs> yes. So, so I think they could probably view each other as worthy opponents, and therefore, you know, however it came out as. Um, you could you could probably live with that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, that's what I'm just guessing. Okay. So. All right. Well, it, it will be very interesting to see. So let's see. Anything else we got going on here? I didn't even. Uh, I didn't tell you in a, the Manti Teo story that we talked about last week. Yes. What, I missed the whole whatever he said to Katie Couric. Did he say anything interesting? I need to know. Well, it just, I, from I, what I, I gathered, he seemed to reinforce that he's just like the world's most naive kid. Is that true? Uh-oh. Yes, that's true. Although there does seem to be some skepticism about the tapes of the girlfriend because the girlfriend's voice, there's a lot of, they're asking people to, you know, does it sound like a female or a male? Like there's some, there's pretty fishy. So I don't know. I'm giving him a pass. I I, I was kind of busy this week and I, I just, I'm just going with the fact that he's a, a young, naive guy, and yeah. he's got—he's going to live with this humiliation for the rest of his life. And that—that—that's—that's yeah. that's, if it, you know, and if for, to someone for, to perpetrate that kind of humiliation on another person is—is is really is a terrible thing, you know. Yeah, and to sustain it over such a long period of time. Okay, so we can officially drop any uh, any interest in that story. And the last thing I'll mention, and then I know we got to go, is at the end of last summer, we were running an on-air contest, on-air and off-air contest for Satellite Sisters, our mileage contest with the Nike Plus system. Remember, Julie, when we did that? Yes. And and we had three winners, and the prize for that contest was to appear on Satellite Sisters. And then, as listeners know, the wheels kind of fell off our family operation this fall at it just all of a sudden dawned on me two weeks ago, and it should have dawned on me two months ago, that we actually never got around to interviewing the three winners of that contest. So I know you're out there. I, it is my newest New Year's resolution. I feel like as long as we're still inside January, I can add to my New Year's resolution list. Yes. For the actual winners, I have your names. I have your contact. I am going to come find you and... Sooner rather than later, you are actually going to get the prize that you deserve. And it just, it made me think a lot about how many other things did I just not do last year? Do you ever think about that? Because we just had so much going on. The fact that it's just dawning on me, like, oh my God, we never followed through with that. Like, I shudder to think what else is on that list. Well, I know there are a lot of patient people out there, so it's okay. It's okay. okay. Don't worry about it. Okay, so we're going to come find you, and then sooner or later we promise to launch that contest again. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that's going to be like next month, but, uh, but maybe this summer we'll get around to doing that. Okay, well, here we are. If anyone, uh, I hope everyone enjoys the SAG Awards tonight on TBS or TNT at either 5 p.m. Pacific. Um, it, watch for the, uh, the, the center table there with the guest of honor. Those will be my friends sitting there. 
Okay, Liz, what color is Chris's dress? Just it's a uh, sort of a, a taupe top and a black asymmetrical skirt. It's gonna, it looks beautiful. Uh, right. So, And her, her makeup appointment is about 30 minutes from now. So so we're going to wrap this up, okay? Have a, good, uh, have a good day, Julie. Have a good week. And we'll talk again next week. Sounds great, Liz. All right. Don't forget, call your satellite sister. Thank you.